Hello and welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke, where today I am joined by two people from the Luxembourg, Poland Chamber of Commerce. We have Artur Sosna, who is the president of the LPCC, and also Alexandra Vrubel, who is the project manager for the Entrepreneurial Women Project. And we're going to talk about both of these things today. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Now, first of all, I'd like to ask you, Artur, to tell us a little bit more about the Luxembourg-Poland Chamber of Commerce. When was it set up? How long has it been established? And what's the relationship like between Luxembourg and Poland? Thank you, Lisa. Um, as you said, I am the chairman of the organization. It was established eight years ago. The idea was born in my head and I was running around and asking people what they think about it. Most of them, they said, you are crazy. <laughs> I thought, yeah, maybe, could be. But if you do not try, you will never know if you are crazy or not. So finally, um, after eight years, I can say I'm not as crazy as I thought. <laughs> we have now over 60 corporate members, over 40 private members, and we are a non-profit organization. It means I do it in my free time, like all the team together. It is our passion, our hobby. It is something we just want to do because we see a purpose in that. The relations between those two countries, Luxembourg and Poland, the economic relations, because that's our main area of uh, focus. focus, exactly. They are good. They are growing. Um, both countries are very dynamic. Of course, for now, maybe not so much <laughs> as we know, but till, um, let's say, February this year was very, very good. Polish economy is growing very fast. Of course, Luxembourg, we know it's also a very good place. And it's not far away, only around 700 kilometers to the border with Poland. There are direct flights every day from Warsaw to uh, Luxembourg and back. Well, there were, there were. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but coming as, back. <laughs> apparently as of 1st of September, hopefully, <laughs> they, are, they are coming back. But just thinking about Poland in recent years, and you say this has been set up the LPCC for the last eight years, as you mentioned, the economy has grown hugely in Poland. So do you feel, even though Luxembourg has been perhaps one of the countries that would have been uh, a great place to live for Polish people, do you feel there's an exodus back to Poland now? Yes and no. The opportunities in Poland are huge. That's true. Some people even do not want to come to Luxembourg because they, they get good salaries in Warsaw and Krakow, whatever. The cost of living is lower. So at the end of the month, you have to say more new accounts uh, regarding the savings. So And the country they, has 38 million people. So it, mean, it means also they have much more companies and uh, possibilities and challenges than in a small country. Even now, we know Luxembourg is great place, whatever, it's nothing against, but it's just small and it limits you. And some people say, no, I'd rather stay in Poland so I can really move from company to company, from city to city, whatever, and do my career, then coming to Luxembourg. That's fact. And just moving on to you, Alexandra, it is now the seventh year of the Entrepreneurial Women Project. Can you tell us about why this began? Why did you think it was an important idea to create? Well, I haven't started the project with Arthur and, and other uh, team members, but I think it was important because the project never existed on the market in English. So there were many um, young women uh, willing to start their own business, wanting to explore the waters, but they don't speak any of the official languages. So we were trying to create something uh, for them, basically. And uh, that's how it came about 
And do you think it is very important that you open it to all English speakers? Because that's a, a wonderful thing. This is a project, even though it's created by the Luxembourg Poland Chamber of Commerce Society, you include everybody who can speak English. Yes, we do. It's not directed only to Polish uh, people. It's not run in Polish. It's it's entirely run in English and all nationalities are welcome. Actually, it's very uh, diverse atmosphere during the workshops and we have over 50 different countries and um, women from 50 different countries who already um, applied. Well, Arthur, I'm going to turn to you then, because if this was your concept, why? Why did you create this? Why for women? First, sometimes you have ideas, you don't know why you have them, but they're just coming like that. Especially why I'm running. I'm a runner, so I love to run. And the best ideas I have is while I'm running. <laughs> so it was one of those ideas I had. <laughs> and why women, even I don't, I cannot really answer, but I thought, okay, we have to focus on something. And we were talking, I was talking to different people and I said, yeah, why not to do it for women? I said, yeah, why not? And then, of course, uh, during the years, people ask, oh, maybe we should extend it to men. And I said, you know what, let's focus on one thing and do it good and not now try to go left and right and doing that be the the reference on the Luxembourg market for women in English with a really extended training. And Alexandra tell us about what happens during this course how do people apply to start with? Uh, well, people can apply on our website. Uh, we have a registration form. They will tell us a little bit about themselves, why they are here, why they are trying to open a business in Luxembourg. After that, there is the selection process that um, the team members of LPCC select the lucky 30 ladies. 30, just clarifying 30. It's around 30. It depends on the location. Every year we have different locations. So to, to um, best suited um, accommodations, we will choose 30, 25. It depends on the year. Uh, so after that, they start the workshops and and we have um, a rich agenda for them. It's about 50 hours of classes uh, in total, about 13 or 14 different topics. I just wanted to add that the ladies are divided into two smaller groups so they can really uh, interact with, with the trainers. And the trainers, g give us an example of the type of training sessions you provide. We have the idea generation to start with. Then we have the business plan. We have the model canvas. Uh, we have the taxes, of course. Uh, we have some communications trainings, public speaking trainings. We also have marketing and social media trainings and uh, fundraising and uh, securing cash for startups. Do you feel, Arthur, this has been a success because often women come as the trailing spouse with a man to Luxembourg? That is, that is not uncommon, let's say. And do you feel it gives them a new source of adventure, of ideas, of confidence? Both. First, first, we have already had quite a lot of Luxembourg women, so-called. So it's not only for expats or whatever, so we shouldn't misunderstand it. They were just women born in Luxembourg, grew up in Luxembourg, speaking all the 50,000 languages and still doing the training because they said, I want to understand how to run business in my own country. And of course, a lot of expats, as you said, coming with husbands, whatever, but not only. There are a lot of women working at Amazon, State Street, whatever. They are well established, but they just have it in idea one day, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the day will come when I want to establish my own business. And in order to understand it and how process works, because a lot of women, men, the same. It's, we have a lot of expectation. We think it's very easy and we just open something and then we get a lot of money and we'll be great and everybody will love us. Hmm, the reality is a little bit different. And in order to learn it and to anticipate all our 
misunderstandings, it's a very good way of learning that. Well, it's very interesting that you've mentioned that Luxembourgish women also joined this course. That hadn't actually occurred to me. It shows me, in fact, that you might be one of the few offerings on the market. What's your competition? Actually, I think we are one of the most intense programs because um, the program takes six Saturdays. And like I said, it's over 50 hours. It's 13 trainers under one roof. So you don't have to go to all these places to to get the advice or uh, to learn. And in fact, our trainers do, are not paid well. They are not receiving any specific salary for, for their job. So they are coming because they are passionate. They are passionate like us. Our team also does it. Um, on a voluntary basis. So uh, once you have a group uh, of passionate people uh, working on that, I think that that's what brings the success uh, altogether. If I may add something, because you speak about competition, <laughs> I know it from the, um, the normal world where you have competition. I used to work, I was managing director of whatever companies, and I know how it is to have a competition. In this case, we don't, if I may say like that, we don't care about competition. We are even happy to have a competition because we are a non-profit organization. So for us, there is no competition in terms of we are not doing that for money. We do it for passion. And the more project or idea, um, trainings like that you have in Luxembourg, the better, because then we see that our idea was a good idea. If someone is going to whatever, copy it, great, just do it. That's why I wouldn't speak about competition. I would speak about... It creates a growing community exactly. of entrepreneurial women exactly. in this case. So could you tell us a little bit, either of you really, of your successes, of some of the women that have come through? And when I say that, I also say that with the caveat, success might mean, as you said, Arthur, the woman may not have started the business just yet, but success could be her growth in self-confidence. It could be a success that can't be materialized. But just tell us some of the stories or some of the feedback that you've both heard over the years. Maybe I can start uh, first with women. They went through the program and said, oh, thanks to God, I went through that. So I know it's nothing for me or it's too difficult or it's too too much just. So they were like, went down to the earth. <laughs> yes, they, they, they realized that actually there's a few more steps than they had first anticipated. Exactly. That's the one. The second group of women, if I may say like that, uh, women, they didn't have any idea, but I just had the feeling I have to do something in my life. And they came and then during those six Saturdays, suddenly they came up and they said, that's the idea. That's what I can do. The other group, they just invented an idea, still didn't have it. But maybe in one, two, three years, they will have this idea, but at least they know how it works. And the last group, of course, that's the most interesting. It's those that came, they did, and they started a business immediately or half a year later. And we have those women, three to five, I think. You can make correct me, Alexandra. Yeah, we get um, up around three to seven businesses open every year. So I think that's a good rate. And uh, they they are in very different sectors from health, fitness, uh, hospitality, also uh, retail, of course. And we try to advertise the businesses on our website, in social media and our newsletter. So I encourage you to, to take a look at our website. We will have a page dedicated just to those businesses and uh, we will follow up on uh, on their stories. So that's really a good success rate, three to five out of about 25 to 30. That's very roughly about one in five successes, which is, I would say, a very high uh, success rate. Um, interesting that you say you follow up. So after your course, you keep the connection. 
all the connection stays. I mean, even the participants stay in one connection. They joined in a group and they meet from time to time. After the end of, of the workshops, they actually regret that they have ended. So they want to continue to support each other. And uh, sometimes they merge their businesses into one business or sh they share the space. And they can always come back to us and ask for additional support, whether it's marketing or they also sponsor the, the prices for the best uh, business idea competition. So I think they are grateful for us. Important message is any woman is welcome. So there shouldn't be a woman that's saying, oh, I don't have an idea or I am shy or whatever. That whatever. was actually going to be my next question, because you had mentioned that there are women on your course who don't come with an idea. And yet I'm thinking about your selection process. So what does somebody have to write? I don't know what the ratio of applicants is to accepted places. Maybe you can fill us in on that a little bit. We have two to three times more application, up to four times even per year, than we have places. Now, of course, we rather take women, they have an idea, that, that's the best. But we have already taken women, they just said, I'm just passionate about that, but I still don't have an idea. We had also application where they were, sorry to say that crap, no? where the people say, oh, I don't know what to do, so I go to training. I don't say, oh, no, come on, <laughs> that's a little bit too much. No, <laughs> It's not uh, killing your free time, it's <laughs> really learning something. And do you have women who through the course change their ideas or formulate their ideas more strongly? Yes, absolutely. Sometimes they come with no idea and they can generate an idea uh, during the workshops. That's what they're for, actually. Or if they have an idea, they can change it. They they get the, the proper evaluation and they see the challenges and they see the competition. And at the end, they decide, okay, I was going to open this, but I actually have to make it more interesting to to, stand, to hold on, on the market. And when you think about the various training courses that you offer from communication, public speaking to taxes, you mentioned as well, and formulating the idea and the business plan, which of the elements do you find people women in this case, struggle mostly with? Obviously, it's a very personal thing, but is there one aspect of business planning that people struggle with most? I think most people, they love to have ideas and do something, but when it comes to taxes, <laughs> to laws, they say, oh God, <laughs> oh God. Then I have to, to go through the paragraph 23 and 24 and 25. yeah. That's part of a business. You have to do it and you have to pay your taxes and that must be correctly. You have to know how to run your books <laughs> correctly. That's maybe the most difficult but One of the most intrinsic. Exactly. The formalities, yeah. The, all the administrative work seems to be uh, the challenge for everybody because there is a lot to do. But our trainers are really great with bringing the examples, bringing forms, uh, guiding them really slowly, depending on the sector they are applying for. So um, the, the, the taxes are the most anticipated, but also the least uh, understood subject on the agenda. <laughs> but the trainers are also an important message. They are coming from um, big or bigger companies. So they are really into the topic. So if they speak about taxes, because they are doing that, they are tax advisors at the big four, for example, or the law companies, and they are on higher positions. We have up to a partner. So one of our trainers, she was an HR director of 2,000 people in Luxembourg. So if she speaks about something, then I think she knows it. She should, no? She should. <laughs> yeah, she should. <laughs> uh, then also about the age. Um, we take all women of all ages, maybe not kids, but once you're 18 or if you are 60, doesn't matter. I'll give you one example. I was watching with my son a movie about McDonald's when it started the company and Mr. 
Roy Kroc, who was not Mr. McDonald's, but Roy Kroc, he established the company when he was, or not established, he took over the company when he was 50-something. And uh, they had like three, four, five restaurants. And when he died, they had already thousands of restaurants. So in, in, it was in the 50s when people die by the age of 16. <laughs> and, and he was taking over a business. So there is no age for starting a business. You shouldn't be like, when you say, okay, I'm 50, that's the end of my life, five years to retirement, that's it. No. <laughs> This is a really lovely message. And I think a very pertinent one for women in particular And I, I say it with some personal experience, you know, women have children sometimes and that can block out a part of life and um, not just that, but also it can lower one's confidence sometimes because you feel you've been out of the workplace. It's also the point at which a lot of women think about creating their own business because they realize it's quite hard to marry having a family wanting to be there for children and also committing to work. So do you find a lot of mothers come to you or apply for these courses? Absolutely. Actually, that's a good point. Many of the women do have children and they um, they, they are not prepared to work at the corporation um, because they, they, they are not ready to, to put all the time into work. So they want a flexible schedule and they want the lifestyle um, of a businesswoman. Um, they want to dictate their own uh, work time. And that's one of the reasons they join us to hope for the better future and also establishing business will help uh, the children in the future. You're building your baby uh, from 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 roots and uh, there is a potential that this business uh, will bloom and you will be able to secure jobs for your children. And thinking about the fact that you have the application process now open and we will put all of the information, the details for this on the, uh, the show notes and the website. Along with that, you have trainers. Do you want people to offer training sessions? We have trainers. They are all booked. But like I said, every year we evaluate and new trainers come to us. I think we have gained so much popularity throughout the years that I had three new trainers this year applying out of the bottom of their heart and wanted to join the Entrepreneurial Women Project. But yes, we are always looking for new trainers for perhaps next year. And thinking about then just the end point of this, when will the final be held? I know it's at Arendt House. You have a, a gala and prizes. Tell us about the, the finale after all of this hard work and learning and the women who've gone through this course. What happens at the end? Virtually coming to the trainers and to the program and then we go to the gala, it's a living project. So it's not like a... It's like that and we will do that for the next 50 years because we are very conservative and that's our plan. And I said, no, we can always change. We can adapt it. We can shorten, make it longer, whatever, whatever. So therefore, if the trainers or participants, they have ideas, please do it. Now, coming to the final at Arendt House, it will be since many years we are there. So they are really great sponsor. Thank you, Arendt. <laughs> they have to present the ideas and the women between them, they choose who is the winner of the business idea. And that's good for us because in, I think the first or second year, we were the judges. But you can always approach us to say, oh, Arthur or Alexandra, whatever, they like this person. That's why she won or whatever. And then we thought, mm, let's do it differently. Let's judge the women about the women. <laughs> that's a wonderful So we are idea. out of the game. We cannot be approached. And yeah, and they, they judge. And that's it. And so is it open? Is this finale open for other people to come and observe what yes. goes on? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, no problem. Which uh, month is it, so that we can also add the details of this? It is always in November. The, I think it's this time, 9th of November is the final. Well, that's very soon. So when do, when does the training begin? Um, the training begins uh, on September 26th. That's the first Saturday, and it will take place on the following six Saturdays, with the exception for school holidays. So it really is a very intense course at the beginning of the school year, so yes. to speak. Yes, it is. It, it could be um, a very long day for some but again, it's 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 fun. The atmosphere is very friendly, so you don't really feel like you are going back to school and you don't stress about anything. Uh, the trainers are amazing and they create the best working conditions for you they can. Well, congratulations on creating not just the Luxembourg-Poland Chamber of Commerce, but also this fantastic incentive for women to develop projects through the Entrepreneurial Women Project that comes through the Luxembourg-Poland Chamber of Commerce and opening it up to all English speakers here, whether resident, whether native to Luxembourg or people like us coming into Luxembourg and making it our home right now. Final word, Arthur. Final word. Coming to our gala, you, we have always a special woman as a speaker. And we always invite women. They did something special in their life, especially in the business. So also this year we'll have a special woman without saying how now. Who is that? Oh, we're not allowed to know. No. Oh, yes. not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well, I'm sure we will have it on RTL today. <clears throat> I can tell you that she has affected many, many young uh, entrepreneurs in Luxembourg. And she's well known and very liked personality. Yes. And we'll have also prizes for the best project like 2,000 euro for the best project. And actually, just going back to uh, a little word you mentioned about sponsors, given that you are a non-profit, are you open to other sponsors? Yeah, yeah. Um, always, yes, <laughs> always, yes, always. Yes. So we, we encourage any small, medium or large businesses to really go and help these women of the future to develop their projects with the Entrepreneurial Women Project of the Luxembourg-Poland Chamber of Commerce. And uh, thank you both for your time. Alexandra, do you have any final words? Uh, thank you very much, Lisa. I think we've said everything. And please uh, sign up to our project. And I'm sure you're going to be overloaded with applications and you might have to, to reach out a little bit more. We all look forward to those who will be on the course and particularly for that final day when we'll have your special speaker. Uh, just on that point, actually, as a final thought for me, when I moved to Luxembourg, I was impressed by how strong Facebook is in messaging. And so for your women and for their work and for their businesses, do you find you have an outreach through Facebook that their businesses are, are born and grown through Facebook or is it word of mouth? How do businesses uh, flow and develop in Luxembourg? I think it's the word of mouth, <clears throat> although it changes now <laughs> during the, uh, the, the the virus situation. Everything is going online. But um, I think Luxembourg is specific when it comes to retail, especially. It's, it's mostly the physical location and the physical shops that we are interested in. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to just throw that question in at the end, but it was just something on my mind because um, it was something I noticed when I first moved to Luxembourg, the, the power of Facebook. And when you're mentioning this unknown speaker for November for your gala dinner, I'm thinking I, 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 can, I can think of a few famous ladies in Luxembourg that I feel have uh, really been inspirational to many, many women and men. So I wonder if it's one of those. Thank you both both so much for your time and we really look forward to uh, hearing more about your fantastic Entrepreneurial Woman project. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Mm -hmm.